0: Hey, welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that once told me he had a job as a limb stretcher, but I think he is pulling my leg. It's Dale.
1: What's going on, man? Hey, bud. Yeah, I was just pulling your leg, mate. Yeah.
0: He's just he's just
1: joshing. I got to just josh you. I got to get a job somehow. Yeah. Make it sound good.
0: I'm pulling eyes over my wool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a long pull. Yeah.
0: What's going on, dude?
1: Oh, same old man, same old man. Same old, same old, same old. Ready to go, man. Are you
0: ready to go? Yeah, man. We had a gold star week this week, didn't we? We had a gold star. (laughs) (laughs) We got a gold star. That's right. Beside our name. How you doing? I'm good, man. Groovy, groovy. Got a beer, got a podcast. What more can I need? I know, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. Got a shout out for us or anything you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I got one. We had a really good message come in from a, a fan in Finland. Finland? Finland.
0: That's across the pond, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's so over across the pond and up here on, on the right. Okay. Yeah, I had to look it up. Anyway, he really enjoyed the podcast and. We didn't have too many crappy ads, and we had good voices, so he likes us. Okay. We, we might have some bad jokes, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he found us and really is enjoying the show, and he's starting at the newest, and he's, he's worked us down to about 74. And uh, he listens on Podtail, but he said he don't really know about having to do five stars, so if anybody else listens on Podtail, how about shoot us a message and let us know how you do that. We'll see if we can't hook him up. Yep. So anyway we're going to see if we can do this without butchering it too bad which i'm sure i will but you know what the hell we're going to shout out to anti How about that anti ruhanan ruhanan
0: from finland
1: yeah from finland anyway you say it man we really appreciate it. thanks so much for the kind message that's awesome and that's why we do this man
0: well he said we'd probably butcher the name but that's the best we can do yeah you know what the hell i'll be try. You. What do you expect? It's good to have a good friend in Finland.
1: That's right. You never know when you're going to get broke down in
0: Finland. That's right. And Auntie will be right there. That's right. Need a ride? Call Annie. Yep. (laughs) And we'll remind everybody to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, click that five star. Yes. And rate and review.
1: Yeah. Or on uh, your Spotify. You can do it on there
0: too. Yeah, you can click that five star
1: on Spotify. All you got to do is click it there. No typing Mm necessary.
0: Good to go. And I'm going to sell a t shirt. Okay. Yep. I want everybody to go over to the crack house chronicles website and click on the store page and get you a t-shirt get
1: your t-shirt and get you a hoodie and a, and a tank tops man yeah it's time for this tank top season tank top season coming just, in just sticker and a mug for coffee in the morning and tank top for the afternoon yep. and a hoodie for the evening you know there's all kind here. of stuff on every sale <laughs> yeah
0: get you something it's all good stuff man yeah other than that that's all we gotta talk about.
1: I guess not. Let's for, I guess we'll just get straight into this here little program we got before we get yelled at for talking too much.
0: Well we've done uh killers and stuff. But we're gonna get back on the disappearances this week, Dale.
1: Killers and stuff.
0: Killers and stuff.
1: You had enough pizza.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Running across the country on pizza killers.
1: All right, well, let's so do we're going to get
0: into a disappearance this week. Already, and
1: and guess what? It's not in the mountains. <laughs> it's not in the mountains.
0: This one's coming from Columbus, Ohio. All righty then. Yeah, the state that's high in the middle and round on both ends. It sure is. Yep. But this episode, we are talking about Brian Randall Schaefer. Now, Schaefer. He is like the the king of missing persons. Boy, I don't want to be that. No, but his story's been covered a lot man yeah i've seen this on uh
1: on tv i'm not sure what the show was but when you started telling me about it you kind of come back and i'm like whoa this is the guy who's going up the escalator right yeah that's it So, hmm.
0: but this is brian Schaefer. he's still missing yep but just a little bit of background on brian he was born on february the 25th 1979 in pickerington ohio now this is a small suburb outside of columbus and he is the oldest of two sons to Randy and Renee Schaefer. Okay. And he graduated from the local high school there in 1997. And he was pretty outgoing. He played tennis and done several different things, learned to play the guitar, and pretty much run to the beat of his own drum. Pretty smart, Phil. Yeah. He done his own thing. Yeah.
1: His younger brother is uh, Derek Schaefer, just for, so you know. Just for reference, yeah. we
0: But, uh... Like even brian he played tennis there in high school mm-hmm. and he was captain of the tennis team he was, he was. number one seed and he was letting his hair grow out long well
1: he's a rock and roller man he's yeah. got his guitar out and he's listening to all this 90s stuff that he liked the uh, pearl jam and the nirvana and all those bands. oasis <laughs> yeah Oasis. <laughs> yeah. all those bands. i don't know what he's playing guitar on so anyway but uh yeah so he was kind of getting the hair going and the whole deal he's, he really wanted to be in the band yeah Hmm he had aspirations for uh being in a band making it big and living on his own island so he can be like jimmy buffett
0: yeah that was his thing that was mm-hmm. what he wanted to do mm-hmm. but he was on, like i said he was on the tennis team and his coach had told him to get a haircut
1: yeah got on his ass about his hair getting long he told him he needed a haircut so he he went and
0: quit the team. <laughs>
1: quit the team yep. right. i'll show you brother
0: yep <laughs> i don't need you yeah. Just, yeah I'm gonna do my thing
1: He ain't get paid to smack his ball around
0: so that's uh, pretty much how, how Brian was how he lived his life That's right yeah he didn't take no crap off anybody He just done what he wanted yep now Brian went to Ohio State University for his undergrad work and six years later he graduated with a degree in microbiology mm-hmm. and after that he started studying at Ohio State University College of Medicine
1: yeah he didn't leave he just stayed there
0: yep in 2004. Now, during his second year there, in March of 2006, his mother, Renee, died of a rare blood cancer. Mm-hmm. And
1: She was a nurse, huh?
0: Yes, she was a nurse. Yes. It was her dream for Brian to go to medical school.
1: Yeah, and they were really close.
0: Yeah, they were tight. Yeah, he wanted to make her proud. He was a mama's boy. There wasn't no doubt about it. That's right. And his friend said that he was handling the death pretty well, but he could tell it was hard on him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And it ain't no fun. Mm-mm.
1: I've lost both of mine, and neither one's no fun.
0: Nope. But during his time at medical school, Brian had become romantically involved with a, another medical student. hmm And her name was Alexis Wagner. Alexis. Yep. And her, and along with her family and friends, they all believed that Brian would maybe be possibly proposing marriage to her.
1: Well, he was getting ready to go on a big trip for spring break.
0: Yeah, they were going to Miami.
1: <laughs> yeah, which actually, um, his mother the previous Christmas had uh, she seen what was going on and thought it'd be really cool because she knew how Brian liked to go to the, the tropical area. So she paid for them a trip to go to uh, to Miami for yep. spring break. Yeah. So that was her Christmas gift to them. And by the time it was rolling around, you know, his mom was getting you know a lot more sick, and she passed away. But Pretty much everybody was thinking that on this trip he was going to uh, pop the question Yep. even so much that she had gave uh brian some information from some uh, doctors and stuff that she worked with on which jeweler to use
0: yep but he <laughs> hadn't bought a ring yet as far as we know Yeah. yeah it was, everything has been reported he hadn't bought a ring nobody found one anyway that's true now moving up to march the 31st of 2006 this was a friday Mm-hmm. And classes at Ohio State University ended for spring break. And Brian and his father, Randy, they went out together for a steak dinner.
1: Yeah, they was just finished up all midterms and stuff. And so his dad said that uh, Brian was looking a little raggedy when he showed up for for dinner. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily how he dressed or nothing. Just you could tell he was beaten down a little
0: bit. And they went to Outback Steakhouse. They did. They did. But, you know, Brian had been pulling all-nighters earlier in the week and cramming for some Pretty important exams. Yep. And, but he knew that Brian was going out later that night with a friend of his mm-hmm. named Clint Florence. Yeah, he was a former roommate. Yeah. And they had a, a, it was described different ways, but they would be friends at one point, then not be friends. They would get in arguments. They probably, some of
1: them friends, you know, where you can hang out a but once you hang out too much and you start to get on each other's nerves, that's kind of way I was getting the vibe that... You know, they, they really liked each other and got along well, but then after a while, they kind of started rubbing each other the wrong way, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of incidents where they got in arguments and stuff.
0: But by all accounts, uh, Brian and his dad, Randy, they didn't get along too well. Yeah, there was something going on there. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what it was. And Ed had a talk that night um, out back, and it was something to do with the, the insurance money from his mother's death or something. I'm not exactly sure what all took place with that, but
1: yeah, there's whole, lots of different stories, and you know that, and then even one was where you know they, he thought he was going to cut Brian off from from um, funds, yeah, where he would start having to pay his own way at college, on own not not just his uh, his food and stuff, but his schooling too.
0: But I think Brian was supposed to get around twenty thousand dollars from his mother's insurance. I think that's what he was supposed to be getting,
1: which probably is not very much when you see how much he probably. Had racked up in college in all them years. Think but, about it.
0: That's true. But Brian was working a, a couple jobs. He yeah. did. Now after the outback dinner with his dad, Brian went home. Yep. And this is where he met his buddy Clint. Right. And they walked to the Ugly Tuna Saloon. <laughs>
1: that's a cool name. Yeah.
0: It's a seafood restaurant and bar, and it's located. Well, it was located on the second floor of South Campus Gateway Complex, and it's there on High Street there in Columbus. And an hour later, he had called Alexis. This was a girl he was dating who was visiting her family. She was out of town. She had went to Toledo to see her family, and I think she had a sick dog She did. that she was going to visit. Right, doing all that
1: before they left to go to uh, spring break.
0: Yeah, they were yes. going to Miami, like I said. Now, throughout the rest of the night, Brian and Clint, they visited other bars. They were taking shots at other bars. I think they would go to a bar and get a shot. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I said they were only doing one shot of each at each establishment, but you know how that is.
0: Mm -hmm. And they were working their way down to the arena district. Now, according to Clint, they, like I said, each had a shot of liquor at each establishment. And after midnight, they ran into Clint's friend. Her name was Meredith Reed. Mm -hmm. And she gave both of them a ride back to the Ugly Tuna where there was a live band playing. I think this was their favorite place.
1: Yeah, plus it was the closest place, so probably the one they go to the most.
0: Yeah, I close to where they lived. Right. Now the three of them, they were caught on CCTV cameras at one a.m. riding the escalator up to the restaurant bar.
1: Yeah, about one fifteen.
0: This was the only public entrance to the bar. Yes.
1: Yep. You had to go up these escalators to get there.
0: Yep, and you had to go down to get back out. Correct. with the public. Yes. And at some point during that evening, Brian, he got separated from Clint and Meredith. Now, there's some online sources claim that he told Clint and Meredith he was going to talk to one of the members of the band. But, you know, they, don't, they didn't know nothing about that. Right. And again, on camera around 1.55 a.m., Brian was seen outside the bar talking to a couple of
1: young ladies. Right. Now, according to one of the young ladies... That Brian and Clint both were there. Talking to the ladies? Yeah, because uh, Clint knew one of them. He, um, he, let's see, he was had been an uh, assistant teacher or something in one of the girls' classes or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they knew each other. So he was talking to her, so Brian was just talking to the other lady. Yeah. Yeah. And then Brian had offered to walk them back to their car because they were leaving. But then something happened, he got distracted, and they sp- split up and they did not he did not walk them back he went back into the bar
0: i think brian was being flirty to
1: one of them if you call kissing them on the neck flirty then that's yep. what he was doing yep. yes and she said so she just grabbed his phone and put her number in the phone and then gave him his phone back
0: yeah yep. yeah brian was being quite flirty with these these ladies well you know he's
1: several several shots in he's probably just having fun
0: Yep. even though he had a girlfriend
1: yeah well you know
0: now when the bar closed at around 2 a.m Clint and Meredith noticed it. Uh, Brian was nowhere to be seen.
1: So this is what five minutes later.
0: Pretty much, yeah. And the lights come on in the bar, and the the bouncers are trying to get everybody out. Yeah. Pretty much, and they will get them out any way they can. It doesn't matter what exit. Right. They they got to leave the bar. Everybody has to leave the bar.
1: Yeah, I think they called last call, and they had a little bit after that, and then when that trying to get everybody out there, just rushing them out. But I don't know exactly what the timetable was from 2 to 2.30 or whatever.
0: Yeah, I've been in a bar like that, and they, when the lights come on, they get you out of there. Yeah,
1: because they're ready to go home. Yeah, they. it doesn't matter. They got to clean up and do all that mess, and it's time for you to go,
0: brother. They don't care who you're with or what you have or anything. You are leaving the bar. Yeah. You're gone. But they begin searching for him with a massive swarm of people mm-hmm. that were exiting after them, and they assumed they had gone home without telling them.
1: Yeah, they had both, you know, basically they said this place was was not that big. Basically, if you were in any corner, you could see the whole bar is kind of a square. Mm -hmm. And they had both walked around the whole bar, I think, once or twice and even checked the men's room, you know, or the restrooms, I don't know, just the men's room, and uh, no sight of them, nowhere. So that's when they didn't really know what was going on. So I think Meredith tried to call him, or maybe both of them tried to call a cell phone and Mm -hmm. didn't get anything
0: didn't get nothing went straight to voicemail right. now during that weekend alexis and randy that's uh brian's girlfriend and his father they tried to contact brian with mm. no progress at all
1: yeah she tried to call him out next morning and didn't get him which you know she probably didn't think much about it knowing he was going out that night he's probably sleeping it in you know yeah and then i think later she she kept trying to call him throughout the day and never got a hold of anybody
0: and she went to his apartment and his car was parked in its spot and nothing looked out of out of place in his apartment everything looked mm-hmm. the bed was made and everything was fine but there was no sign of brian yeah i
1: think she she had actually talked to the other folks and nobody had seen him in and so she just drove straight back from her parents to to his place yeah and she probably was relieved when she pulled up and his car was there but then went into nothing
0: yeah but brian he wouldn't be reported missing until that monday right
1: well, she said that you know maybe he just needed a, a couple of days just to to be alone and decompress or whatever, mm-hmm. and, but she knew that they had this big trip planned for, you know to go to Miami that you know if he was here, he would not miss this plane, yeah, so I think she actually went to the airport ready to go and waited, waited on him, yeah, yeah and just sit there and waited and then by the time they were calling you know last call on uh, at the gate to to board the plane, she's starting to freak out,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's when they reported Brian missing. Exactly. That's yeah, when she called his dad. And, yeah.
1: Yep, they reported can, missing. He called the cops.
0: But now the police, they begin their search at the Ugly Tuna where Brian was last seen. Right. So this man, Brian, he walked into the bar and didn't walk out. Right. I mean, that's 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 pretty much the, <laughs> the long and short of it. It is because there, there is nothing on this guy, man. But not only did the Ugly Tuna have security cameras but other bars nearby they had cameras Mm -hmm. they they said columbus ohio had more cameras than any other place around
1: yeah it was like more than two or three other big cities combined
0: yeah they had cameras but the officers they examined the footage from all these businesses but there was no trace of brian
1: no and then it was pretty uh impressive what they did the guy the detective assigned to just do the uh All this footage, he actually took it home. They said he ended up with like I think ten different discs. Had so much footage, and uh, took it home and then loaded it up into this projector and put it on his basement wall so he could watch it life size, basically. Yeah. So he could really see who who was coming and going.
0: Mm hmm
1: Which is pretty smart to me.
0: Yep, and they were able to account for every person that had went into the ugly tuna and left yeah it took a while but they were able to account for every person
1: that's kind of hard to believe but i will go with what yeah
0: except for brian they they brian was seen going in but never leaving right by the escalators anyway exactly yes the investigators knew that it was possible that the cameras at the ugly tuna might have missed him on one camera that panned across the area while the other operated manually and there was another exit, not generally used by the public. It was a service door at the time and open to a construction site that the police believe would have been difficult to walk through while sober. Yeah, less much less intoxicated.
1: Right, but that door was not inside the bar. It was kind of if you look at the pictures, it's like if you come out the main doors, where kind of where they were seen on camera talking to those girls. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was right out there, just off to the to the side. Now when when they were talking to some of the folks from the band they were saying that there there was a hallway and another door out the back or an elevator or something but i couldn't find any like a, a layout of the place to show me exactly where that was yeah but they said that the hallway didn't have cameras in it but there was a camera at the door on the other end so if it was like if they were rushing everybody out and the band was packing up and i have roaded for a bunch of bands so i mean when you're getting equipment and grabbing stuff, a lot of times people will go with you or walk with you, talking with you because they're drunk and they want to talk to you or they want to help you or they want to carry stuff. You know, And if you're all going out at the same time, he might have gotten out without being seen, mm-hmm. but I don't know how how good the camera is because I haven't seen the footage from that door, and I don't know if it's even being released. Yeah, I but- know the uh, the escalator stuff has been for sure, but... I don't know about the other door.
0: but now according to the police they said they looked at that footage from that camera and brian was not on it right
1: yeah
0: so brian walked into a bar and didn't leave
1: hey did you hear the one about the guy that walked in the bar he
0: didn't he leave didn't, didn't leave yeah <laughs> now the search continued to find out where brian was last seen with law enforcement and sometimes accompanied by police dogs they they searched the dumpsters sewers landfills and they were putting up flyers of Brian's bronze picture.
1: They searched everywhere. They searched that building inside and out, dumpsters all around, parking decks. They searched on horses. They searched the rivers. They, I mean, they searched. They, they put a tremendous amount of resources into looking for this guy. It was just, you know, and probably for a lot of money, too. You know, if you think about it, all the manpower they put into yeah, it. Yeah, so a lot of police were looking for They were for really him. trying to find this dude because, you know, I mean, what do you think about when they they hear the story of the guy walked into the barn and didn't come out? I mean, they're like, what? So he's got to be here somewhere mm-hmm. it just seems like you know this would be fairly easy to figure out but here we are
0: yeah now randy uh, brian's dad he even received a tip from a psychic stating that brian's body would be found in a body of water and they got to looking along the shores near the bridges of the olentangy river which flows through columbus and it's adjacent to the ohio state campus university there
1: it's about a mile from where he lived i think yeah. yeah
0: and his dad was in the water looking for brian man and there was at some point uh randy got swept up into a whirlpool or something and actually about drowned looking for brian oh gosh yeah and i think Derek actually saved him pulled him out crazy isn't it yep
1: there's still nothing
0: now everyone who saw brian on the night of march 31st slash morning april 1st april fools yep was they were all given a lie detector test except for his buddy, Clint.
1: Well, he was going to give one, but he, he declined. Yeah, he lawyered up. Now, they did say that, you know, I don't know about this either. I don't think they gave everybody a lie detector test. I'm sure it was maybe just a little core group there, but because, you know, everybody who saw him would be a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he, they said that uh, Clint did come in and do a full, you know. Uh, interview. Interview with them, Craig, thank you. And, you know, everything went great. But when they called him back in to ask him more questions and wanted to take a lie detector test, he declined and got a lawyer. Yeah,
0: yeah. which I can't blame him. I wouldn't take no I ain't taking one. Nope.
1: Nope. Sorry. Yeah. I don't care how bad it looked. I'd yeah. be so darn nervous.
0: Yeah, I'd fail it. Yeah. But uh, he did <laughs> turn down the polygraph. Now, Meredith Reed, she took one and passed. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, you know, they were together that evening. They even, I think uh, Clint was house-sitting that night that brian went missing yep for i think a teacher that a community college teacher or something yeah
1: so i mean and pretty much her, you know clint and her were together
0: and it's not sure if they were love interest or they were just friends it's not not clear yeah i don't know they may have been at one point and i don't know they might have just been friends with
1: but you know or, or without, who knows. But yeah, the, but they were pretty, you know, pretty much since she came and picked him up and drove him back up there. I think they were together the rest of the night, or, or at least most of it, because I think she took him back to uh, she took him back to Brian's house to get his car, because mm-hmm. you know where he had met Brian at his house, at his apartment. And then after that, you know, they might have split up, but I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: Now the authorities they went to Brian's apartment and there was no sign of a struggle and nothing of value was missing. No. And his car was still in the same spot. Yeah. Everything
1: and, was there. His bank book, his cards, you know, because he didn't take a lot of stuff when they went out that night. I'm sure he had probably some, you know, his, his debit card and his wallet, whatever, whatever he carried in his wallet. But most everything else, you know, besides his cell phone, he just left at home because he didn't need it anyway.
0: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But there was no activity on his cell phone or bank accounts, like you said. Hmm. And every night for several months, Alexis, his girlfriend, would call brian's cell phone yep and it went straight to voicemail
1: yeah she just said it made her feel better trying to deal with all this and so she would just call him at least once at least once every day
0: and she did this for about six months Mm -hmm. and dale there was one night in september she called his phone and it rang three times yeah yep. and she flipped out yep and she called randy his dad he called the phone and it would ring the police called the phone, and it would ring. Mm-hmm. There were several people calling this phone, and it would ring.
1: I think it had done this for a couple of days, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. And But singular, this was Brian's cell phone carrier. They claimed that it was just a computer glitch.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that. If it was just one time, maybe it was a glitch. But I don't know, which I'm not a cell phone technician, but... I did hear somebody who is a cell phone technician said that there's no way that, it, that if a phone is off and not connected to a, a network, that you would call it and it wouldn't ring at all. Yeah. You now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like I said, if it if it had just been her, she called one time and it did it and then she called back and it goes back to voicemail, some some kind of weird crossover signal or something, mm-hmm. that would be maybe possible, but... When three or four different people calling from different phones did it, and it it rang, but did it just ring three times for everybody, or do we know?
0: That I don't know. I knew it rang for everybody.
1: Okay, well I know it. You know, it, it continued. Yeah, it continued to ring for everybody, but mm-hmm. no, no one ever answered, of course. But
0: but now get this, his phone was not GPS enabled. They couldn't find the location, but a ping was detected at a cell tower in Hillard, ohio which is about 14 miles northwest of columbus right so it had to be turned on man
1: that's what i'm thinking
0: yeah that phone had to
1: be on the glitch is not pinging is it that's right even though the the anything gps or, or the pings or whatever triangulation or whatever they had back then is nowhere near what we have now but
0: a ping is a ping right yeah yeah it doesn't matter well,
1: it's a golf club then it's a ping too but yeah okay
0: yeah but yeah yeah if it rings it's a ping right yeah man really is that a rule uh that's what i would say it'd be okay (laughs) yeah all right dale moving up to september 2008 there was a bad windstorm heavy windstorm there in ohio and randy Schaefer's, brian's dad was out in the yard clearing up some debris
1: yeah i think he went out there just to see how bad the damage was to his yard
0: yeah yeah and a branch blew off of a nearby tree, and mm-hmm. killed him. Yeah, crazy. Fatally B- struck him. Sure did. And what's bad is the neighbors. They found his body the next morning. Yeah. So he laid out there all night. I guess. Mm-hmm. That's sad, man. Yeah, it
1: pretty is. Pretty bad. That's. Yep. Shocking, now
0: shocking. His obituary ran online, and a condolence book was posted. Mm-hmm. And one of the signatures in it said, "To Dad." love brian and there was a princess beside of it inside the princess said u.s virgin islands that's weird yeah
1: now you think that's one that would pop up just because that's where you were or you think somebody had to physically type in u.s virgin islands
0: i kind of think it was typed in yeah
1: you know people really thought that you know maybe he was in the virgin islands and investigation followed him down there but later it was determined that uh, this was a total hoax and it had been posted from a computer in the public library in Franklin County.
0: Yeah, but who's saying that Brian put in that public library doing that?
1: Why would he put U.S. version on? I don't know. Just of all places, everywhere in the whole world. Yeah. Why that? I don't know. Somebody trying to tell somebody subliminally? Subliminally? I,
0: I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just a weird story all the way around. It is. It's- now, the neighborhood around South Campus Gateway was known at the time to be a high-crime area. And there is a possibility that Brian could have been attacked after exiting the bar, especially if he used the unmonitored exit that opened up to the construction site. And I have read some speculation online that Clint was a drug user. I don't have any proof of that, but if it's true, could Brian have been in the wrong place at the wrong time due to his association with Clint? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why Clint wouldn't take the polygraph test.
1: I guess it. I guess it's possible. Yeah, Harold might have been one too. Nobody knows. Yeah, especially know.
0: you know if he's if he's in medical school having to take uppers to stay awake. Yeah, possible. to study.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why somebody would want to kill him for that. But
0: yeah, I know. And there's one theory. I mean, they never find there was no
1: no like our crime scene or nothing found. There's no blood or nothing. Found, no nowhere. Nothing, nothing. I mean, actually, nothing has been found. Period.
0: Nope. Yeah, there's some theories you know they had maybe suicide but you know people who commit suicide want to be found yeah usually yeah
1: you know or are they going to be at home you know or whatever but yeah i don't really know if i buy that either i mean i know he had he had uh had bouts with depression before his mother passed away but he said that he wasn't even on meds or nothing at this point for it so i don't know about that but Hmm. You know, you know, he was—he got pretty down when his mom died. He even told, you know, Alexis, maybe you should just move on because I'm just having a real hard time with this. And, yeah. You know, I'm sure, you know, she just they probably brought them a little closer together, actually. But I don't—I don't—I don't really buy a suicide answer here. Mm-hmm. But I don't hell, I don't know. This 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 case baffles me. Yeah. And apparently, it baffles a lot of people for a long time
0: yeah like i said this is one of the biggest missing person cases there is you
1: know it's kind of like the one we did from the guy in charlotte
0: yeah kyle Fleischman.
1: yeah because you know basically it's the same thing yeah except for we did see him leave Mm Mm-hmm. he went out and talked to some girls whatever and then he walked out of the bar and and left and then just disappeared
0: walking toward the pizza joint
1: yeah so a little bit you know he's he actually did see him come out so they do know he he came out but here you you don't even get that
0: yeah i mean there's some people think that brian just walked away from his life dale because i mean he wanted to live that jimmy buffett lifestyle start his own band and you know maybe he did want to start his own life and just walk away
1: maybe he did but hell i wouldn't do that to your brother think about it you know yeah what's he thinking this whole time you know because Mom passed away. You're you're gone. Then Dad gets killed in the yard with a limb, and now I'm just here. Yeah, you know, and he was he was younger. I don't know how much younger he was, but I mean, I don't know how close the brothers were.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure if uh, Renee, their mom, had anything to do with it, she probably had the boys pretty close. Yeah. She seemed like a really good mom. But now there's there are some subsequent developments. Now shortly after Randy's death, uh, Neil Rosenberg, his attorney, for Clint he wrote to Don Corbett, a private investigator who had volunteered his time to help the Schaefer family find Brian. And regarding his client's ongoing refusal to take a lie detector test, Rosenberg intimidated that he had learned that the Columbus police investigating the case believed Brian was alive. And if Brian was alive, which led him to believe after speaking with the detective involved, then it is Brian and not Clint. Who is causing the family pain and hardship mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of messed up man
1: yeah he's just trying to twist words yeah so i you know i don't know there's no proof either way on no nothing but you know just the way i look at it if they didn't find him dead there's no no proof that anything happened not even a struggle or nothing i mean he just so beat, why would you just think he's dead right off the bat you know mm-hmm. so i'd say there's a very good possibility that he's alive but you know, we don't know that. Yep, We don't know the other either, you know. I know. Truthfully, you don't know anything.
0: Now, in 2014, the Columbus police said they were receiving at least two tips a month on this case via the local Crime Stoppers hotline, but none of them proved useful. Now, just a, a little bit more. In 2019, Dale, there was an image of an alleged American homeless man in Tijuana, Mexico. And he was bearing a striking resemblance to Brian Schaefer. And it began circulating online. And Columbus News Station 10TV forwarded the image to the detective in charge of the Schaefer case in 2020. And the detective sent the image to the FBI for facial recognition analysis, which ruled him out as a, the identity of the man. Right. So they believe it wasn't Brian Schaefer. Yeah. There's a little bit of legacy on this, Dale. Between Schaefer's disappearance and his own death, uh, Randy joined the families of other missing adults in Ohio in lobbying the state legislature to pass a bill, establishing a statewide protocol for such cases as Brian's. Hmm. And at the time of his disappearance, it was left up to individual departments on how to handle the cases. And some parents felt that the investigation of their relatives' disappearances had suffered as a result. And by the time Randy died, the bill had become a law. Well, at least there's that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's probably frustrating, you know, because it's just left up to whoever to do what, and nobody wanted to do a lot of nothing. But it seemed like here they really did everything they could do. You know, I, I think the, the authorities here should be given a hand because they, they really went well, you know, beyond, I think, to try to find him. Mm-hmm i mean they searched everywhere and everything
0: yep now at the time of brian's disappearance he was six foot two 165 pounds he was wearing an olive green short-sleeved polo shirt over a white long sleeved shirt Mm -hmm. blue jeans white adidas sneakers and a yellow rubber cancer awareness bracelet right now just a little bit of distinguishing characteristics he's a caucasian male light brown hair, hazel eyes. He has a tattoo of a Pearl Jam symbol on his upper right arm. And it's
1: a little stick man guy.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, um, uh, he also has a black spot on his left iris, mm-hmm.
1: you know, and even after all this is going on that Pearl Jam, had actually heard about this. And when they did a show there, they really brought attention to his, his case and gave out, you know, uh, information and stuff from the stage. You know, you can find that on YouTube, where people recorded it was because we did it live in concert and then they played a song in his honor
0: yeah come home yeah that was pretty cool very very cool eddie vetter doing that yeah because he brian was a big pearl jam fan yeah he loved eddie vetter yeah that is the case of brian schaefer the investigating agency is the columbus police department and they can be reached at phone number 877-645-8477 right now you
1: know we could go on and on with all these theories that are come up but basically that's the that's the in and out of it it's just basically he went into the bar that night with his friends come out and talked to a few ladies went back into the bar and gone
0: never seen again
1: never seen again at least on camera yep it's it, really it's really shocking
0: there are so many theories on this man yes i don't know i, I tend to believe it he just he got shuffled out the back i think so too he went out the back
1: but I don't know where he went no you know and I mean there's all kind of theories from where he was killed in the restaurant and put in the trash and carried out the next day I mean what do you think the, the, <laughs> the all the employees of the restaurant are serial killers I mean it's not the, what do you think they are the bloody benders <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't know
0: yeah it's a
1: I, I just don't I don't buy that either but I have no idea this one usually I have You know, by the end of a as much, you know, researching and checking into stuff as we do, usually by the end of the recording, I pretty much got what I think happened, but here I don't have a darn clue.
0: No. No, But it is a mysterious case, ain't no doubt about it. Definitely. All right, Dale, we are going to get out of here. All right, let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings.
1: Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.